Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean. It's the after party, live from the mountains. Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Yeah. Welcome to the other party, I divide. Well, you know we get a little come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the after party. This is episode number 14. We're really getting into this thing. Now, I apologize right off the bat for missing last week. You know it was Valentine's because I usually do these on Fridays. And I had to take some time off. You guys understand. You're cool with that. Uh, but we're back at it this week. We're going to get to the Apple stuff, of course. But... I just want to catch up on some stuff first, some stuff of interest, some stuff about daily tech, uh, about me, some interactions with the fans. First things first, got to make you guys aware of the fact that I am, due to popular request, working on putting together a public playlist, probably just an Apple Music. I know there's a lot of Spotify people out there, but I got to just do what I do, and I'm an Apple Music person at the moment, so... I'm really surprised how many people have been requesting that I put a playlist out there. I know some other people have done this, NKBHD for one, but uh, I didn't know that people would be this interested. I guess I put the music that I'm listening to in the videos quite a bit, but not not the actual music, but uh, like you don't hear it. But you know, I, I put a shot of what I'm listening to on an iPhone while I'm shooting the Apple Watch or something. People see that, and I guess people are interested and. Uh, you know, you guys know, I put, like, Minio stuffs in my video all the time. Andy Minio. You know I'm a Minio fan. I talk about it a lot. But it's, <laughs> and I do actually like him, but it's more of, like, a joke, kind of. It's, like, a thing to just put Minio and see, like, who notices. Uh, you know, it's just nice to connect with other Minio fans. But that's obviously not the only thing that I listen to. I would say, if you ask me what, what kind of stuff I listen to, it's pretty eclectic. Like, I do like rap. I do like classical music or piano music or chill music. I do like electronic music. And so I, I often, the way that I discover music, and I've covered this before, is usually once a week at least when I'm out on a drive, going to the UPS store to pick up some, some packages or something for the channel. Whenever I'm out and it's just me in the car, then I say, hey, you know who, play some new music. And it does. And then, you know, 90% of it, 95% I don't like. But every now and then I discover something new that I really like. It sets me on a path of finding a new artist or maybe it's just that one song that I like. And and so I need to do a better job, instead of just saving it to my library, of actually organizing it and put it out there for people. And so I will. I don't know when, but it's coming. It's something that I'm thinking about working on. It's not a huge deal, but just another way that we can connect. Um, the next thing I want to do is give you guys a little bit of an update on My Sliced Apple. People have been asking about it. My Sliced Apple, if you're unaware, it was a site that I built. Um, I think I took a week off from making videos, and I built this, I don't know, maybe last year, maybe the year before, and it was a site where you could go to find really great Apple accessories, and so I would make slices or collections of just cool stuff. Um, there wasn't a lot of text. It was just very visually driven, and you got a link to go buy it, and it was, it was a cool site, really cool concept. But something that I didn't anticipate when I built it was that it was going to require maintenance. <laughs> Looking back, it's like, obviously. But it's just been stale. It's been sitting there for a while because I don't have time. Sometimes I feel like I don't have time just to make the videos that I do make. I wish that I could sit here and, and turn out four videos every week. Um, but that's just not realistic. Or five. 
I wish I could do a daily video. Um, that's something that might come in the future when I start hiring, you know, some team members and stuff to help out someone to, to run the cameras and somebody to edit and, and where I'm just, you know, the, the person, the brain behind it all. But I'm pretty pressed for time though, right now. And so for me to have done that, it was a little bit ambitious, I think. And I, it, it was a good site. It still gets traffic just from like Google, not a ton, but thousands of views, you know, every month. But anyways, it's just not something that I can um, probably maintain right now. So I've been thinking about what can I do instead of that. And the wheels have been turning and I do have some ideas, you know, uh, on, on my side, I'm still paying for the hosting, you know, and every time somebody clicks on the links, it, it does cost because it drives up um, Genius, which is the service that we use to localize those links. If you're, if you're a content creator like me, then you probably use a service like Genius Link um, to link to things like Amazon. So let's say somebody clicks on an Apple watch band that I link to. Well, if I link to the U S version of that in the Amazon store, somebody from France or Britain, when they buy it, I'm not going to get a cut as an affiliate and affiliate stuff is pretty important to somebody like me. So a service like genius will localize those links, those affiliate links to make it so that whoever clicks from wherever they are, then I'm more likely to get a cut of it. But anyways, it's, it's, you get charged per click. So the more people clicking, that's good because then you're hopefully making more sales and more money, but also it's going to cost you more to run, to set up. So, I mean, I'm paying for it and I do, I have a really good idea. It's something that I'm working on and I'm experimenting. I'm testing right now to see if it has the longevity, if I can keep it up, if it's something that would actually add value to people. And I think so. As a little bit of a preview, I think people who are Apple fans are going to love it. That's primarily who I'm building it for. People who are daily tech fans are going to love it. Get, uh, now I'm not going to say too much. Entrepreneurs are going to love it. There's something there for uh, several different people, but primarily the core focus is for Apple people. And I don't know if it's going to live to see the light of day or not. I'm going to experiment personally with myself and my workflow and my time, see if it's something that I can maintain and, and add value to people without taking up too much of my time. So my slice Apple, I think for now we can just say it's probably more or less dead. I hate to say it. I could resurrect it um, sometime in the future if I just had more people to help me run it. Um, but at the moment I don't, I think I might've mentioned this before, but lately I have been coming up with 10 different video ideas every day. And depending on who you are, that might sound really awesome or really stupid. But if you're a person like me and you've been doing YouTube for several years, then it gets hard to come up with new ideas and it can be easier to fall into a rut. And so for me, it's really easy to, and I think I have mentioned this before, but I want to mention it more because I'm loving it. So it's had such an impact on the business and on me personally. And actually I got this idea from Mr. Beast. If you're a YouTube creator, then there's this thing called Creator Insider and it's a YouTube channel just by YouTube for YouTube creators. It doesn't get a lot of views, but they have Mr. Beast on there who does get a lot of views. And he was talking about some of the things that he does. And one of the things that he and his team did was spend an hour a day coming up with new ideas. And my take on that was just try to get 10 new ideas, not rehashing old stuff, new ideas, completely new every day, every work day. And so by the end of the month, that's like 200 ideas. And, and by the way, I can only make like 
you know, three to four videos a week. So only like 12. I mean, I only end up using the top 6% of the ideas. And this is only like a week and a half old. <laughs> so you haven't seen the fruits of this too much. But wow, I, I'm amazing myself with what ideas I am coming up with because it takes time to come up with something truly new. It takes time. And that's the only thing. And I hadn't been dedicating time to it. It's funny because I had somebody say the other day, can you please make less app videos? It's just getting stale. And I told the person, you know, it's app videos aren't going anywhere. That's sort of the bread and butter of the channel at the moment. And so it's kind of the pillar content that I make sure I put out often enough that it keeps people interested and, and introduces new people to the channel. But, and, and that might be a third only of the kind of content that I'm producing with this new system. The other stuff's going to be more experimental and cause the channel is going to live or die by the pillar content, but this other content, I might discover a new exciting new hit type of genre or type of video that people really like but I won't know unless I try. And so I have to try and I'm experimenting and I'm enjoying the experimentation. So for instance, one video that was very different was how I set up a brand new Mac. That was some new ground for me. It wasn't just an unboxing like you see a million of. It was here's how I actually set up my new product. And so it covered, you know, some apps and some techniques and and tips and stuff and it was I think it did really well. People really liked it. And then I also experimented with uh, a video that was responding to people's feedback to me, to a question I asked, which was, are Apple products getting better or worse? And I thought it was very interesting. The watch time was so much higher on that video than it was on the others, even though the views were a lot less. So people didn't resonate with the topic of that video, but the people that watched it were extra interested in it, if that makes sense. But either way, it told me that's not gonna work, so try something else. And some days it's really hard to come up with 10 because I've just done so much and other people have done so much. Other days it's just, I'm, I'm coming up with extra, more than 10. And that's fun. And then what I do is I use Notion. I've been talking about this lately because it's a big part of my life right now. The app Notion. And I have one note that's uh, for 2020 videos, like my video planner. And every week I put in a new kind of a Trello like Kanban board for each week with a toggle arrow so I can hide it when it's done. It won't take up much space. Um, and I put the videos in for each week that I'm gonna do. Underneath that, I have what I call the hot list. And these are my best ideas. And I put the best ideas from my daily video ideas into this hot list. And then when it's time to make a video, there I have the best stuff that I would be the most excited about that I think has the best chance of actually doing well that other people are gonna enjoy the most. And it's just great having this reservoir of ready to go content because really the idea is everything when you come down to it. The way Mr. B said, and it made a lot of sense, was, and this, this relates to his channel, this is not something I would do, but uh, he was talking about uh, spending 24 hours in the corner is not as interesting as spending 24 hours in jail. That's the kind of video he would make. Anyways, if you start seeing some new content on the channel, then you know that this is the system that's producing it and why. And if you see some app videos still, you'll also know why. <laughs> I just wanna spend uh, a second, you know, I, this primarily I use Apple stuff and that's why I've ended up talking about it and making a business out of talking about it. By the way, I don't know if you guys know this. This is, this. if you want a, a video about this, um, I and my wife, we co-own the company, we've built Daily Tech into a six-figure business. 
um, if you're interested in that. It's something I could make a video on or talk more about in a podcast. So let me know. But just as an authentic extension of my interests, I end up talking about Apple stuff the most. But that doesn't mean I'm not just a technology fan at heart. And so when the, when the new phone or new computer comes out that's not Apple, I'm interested in it. I'm always checking it out. So the Galaxy S20 came out recently. I haven't had much of a chance to talk about it here, but it has a crazy camera on it. And I am actually kind of interested in it. I'm not interested in the Android aspect, you know, really, or, or the design or anything. But the camera, as somebody who shoots a lot of video, actually kind of interests me. Um, as you know, and some people are so mad about this, why don't I just use a SIM or eSIM? I've got two different phones. One's my personal, and one is my work phone. The 11 Pro is my work phone. I use it for my pro things that I actually earn money from, uh, content creation and, and distribution. And then my 11 is just my personal. You know, for better or worse, I've explained that several different times, how that ended up coming into being. But I'm, I'm tempted to trade in one of those phones, because I'm on the jump plane on T-Mobile, for the S20, just to see, or the S20 Ultra, what it's all about. The camera, I mean. The thing shoots 8K video, and... Right, let's let's just put it this way. I'm not gonna be owning an 8K cinema camera anytime soon. And so the ability to shoot 8K from this device is actually really cool, really appealing, possibly to me. So for instance, just to give you some idea of how I use my phone for video stuff, like the other day for the sidecar tips video that I just made, I wanted to show sidecar, uh, which is iPad and my Mac out in public, like mobile, using it not in the office. So I was at the coffee shop and I didn't bring anything else, not my nice camera rig or anything. I just brought the uh, iPhone 11 Pro for, for video. And because it's mobile and because nobody's going to say, hey, what's that guy doing? You need to kick him out because he's filming in here. That's not allowed. So it's inconspicuous. And that's great, but yet it still shoots really high quality 4K 60 video that I can slow down a little bit, make it a little bit cinematic, has decent colors. Of course, at the end of the day, it doesn't hold up to what I can do with my other cameras. But still, the iPhone is the best mobile video shooter I've ever seen or used. And now that we have Filmic Double Takeout, where you can film multiple things with multiple cameras at the same time, film the front and the back, all really high quality at the same time and these different file types and ways of merging that. Um, so you can have like picture in picture, or you can just record two separate files. It's really cool. It's never been better, a better time uh, to be an iPhone user for, for content creation, for video stuff. But at the same time, if I could have an 8K um, video, shoot 8K video, and then I can crop in to 4K, that's 50% closer that I can get without losing any quality. Do you see? That's where the benefit comes in. It's not just 8K for the sake of 8K because nobody has, really, nobody effectively has 8K TVs in their houses yet. Not the masses. That's going to be a while. Uh, I'm intrigued. I, I, that's all I can say about it. I'm intrigued. And it's one thing to sit there and watch a YouTube video. <laughs> this, is, this should be a lesson to myself. I can only look at so many YouTube videos of samples, but you have to see something in person kind of at the end of the day for certain things. And I don't know. I'm just curious. And I don't have an in with Samsung. They don't send me stuff. They never invite me to their events. Really Apple doesn't invite me to many events either. Uh, some one, but uh, I don't have like an in. So they haven't sent me a review unit and yeah, I don't know. It's something I, I want to check out the, the, the flippable <laughs> Samsung phone 
it's interesting. That one I'm happy to watch from a distance. Of course, I would love to, as a tech fan, just love to get my hands on it and check it out. Uh, but I'm happy to just watch from a distance, see what people think. Because at the end of the day, um, it's not the flippableness that makes a phone really great for me. It's cool. It's different, you know, for the sake of being different. Uh, but it doesn't really do anything else aside from that, you know, to make the phone better, does it? As I'm thinking about it, you know, the other thing that the iPhone has for me is just convenience, especially something like AirPlay. So if I forgot to get a shot of something that I'm talking about in a video, I can go shoot it real quick, AirPlay it to my MacBook Pro, and it's just a matter of seconds, and I got that really high-quality, nice footage that most people aren't going to realize didn't come from a nicer camera. And, you know, with the 8K from the Samsung, I might be able to shoot that 8K, and who knows what the quality's like, I don't know, but I'm not going to be able to AirPlay. You know, so I don't know, the trade-offs there, I just don't know, but I'm curious, I really am. It's like this, just because you have extra pixels, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a better picture. Here's what I mean. Like, everybody who shoots video realizes that Canon has really nice, what they call, color science. And so, if you shoot skin tones, somebody's face, on a Canon camera, nice Canon, you almost don't even have to do any color correction to it because the skin tones look so nice right out of the camera. Whereas something like the Panasonic lineup has some great stuff and camera stabilization, some nice lenses, yada, yada, yada. But you're probably going to have to tweak the skin tones. So all that to say, just pixels aren't everything when it comes down to how pleasant, how good does this look. Oh, I guess I could just mention real quick, I, I'm starting to get a little bit, uh, let's say interested, curious about getting, I'm curious about a lot of things this week, huh? about getting an electric vehicle. I say vehicle because not necessarily car. Um, maybe sometime here in the future, uh, we might be looking at a move for daily tech uh, for me and the family and, and the business. Um, but after that, uh, I might be interested in getting another vehicle. Everybody knows you don't buy a new car before you buy a new house. That's the wrong way to do it. But here's the thing. So as I've been actually thinking about it, I realize, and I've talked about this before, I think on the podcast here, I, I like Teslas. I always have liked Teslas ever since I heard about them, but on YouTube, they're everywhere. It seems like every tech YouTuber has a Tesla, and for good reason. The tech is beyond in a Tesla, what you get with, with other manufacturers still. why that's, that's why it appeals to me, even more than the looks or anything else. I don't like just mainstream stuff, and I've seen Teslas everywhere. I mean, I drive through a little town, there's a Tesla. Drive through a, a medium town, there's several Teslas. Big town, they're everywhere, it seems like, just everywhere. So it's not unique anymore. And partly I do want something that's a little bit different. And I, you shouldn't care what other people think, but I don't want to be seen as just copying like other people that happen to get there before me. That's part of it, I'm just going to be honest. So I've been seeing what else might be out there that's electric, and I'm kind of checking out uh, electric SUVs, and I've been seeing some stuff from Audi. I've been seeing some stuff from Mercedes. I've been seeing some stuff from Jaguar. And of course, there's a Tesla <laughs> Model X, um, but I, I, I don't want to do that because not only it's kind of old, like that design's been around, it's really cool. I like the Falcon doors a lot. It's cool. That's the problem. Everyone thinks it's so great. And there actually is also the Tesla Model Y, which is the mid-sized 
SUV. And that, I don't know, that's kind of cool because I haven't seen anybody driving that yet. So I might have my eye on that one. But yeah, then at, at the same time, all the Teslas look so similar. <laughs> Most people probably see it and just be like, oh, it's another Tesla. So I don't know. I do want something a little different. And by the way, that is ingrained in me. I liked Apple stuff before it was so mainstream, before everyone was all about it. You see it everywhere now. It's in all the videos, it, like movie product placement. Uh, Apple's everywhere now. But when I got into Apple, it wasn't. It was the underdog. And now now that it's popular, I mean, I'm not going to change. <laughs> but So this has been a, some, a way that I've thought for a long time. And by the way, I, I have to follow up that segment with this. I realize I'm talking about a luxury car here. And um, and like somebody the other day, they were like, hey, your, your desk setup, that's goals. That's what I want. And people ask me for free stuff all the time because they just assume I've I'm, I'm got a bunch of iPhones to just ship out all over the world. But I just want you guys to know that you know, life is a journey. I, I haven't always been in a place where I would even be considering an electric car, a Tesla, or or anything else. I had to work up to that. My first car was um, a used 91 Honda Accord or something like that. And uh, and my next car, and my next car, they weren't luxury cars. You know, like, it's a life is a journey. And I just want you to know that applies to everything. So I know it must be hard if you're looking at all these tech YouTubers and seeing all the crazy stuff that they have to, to be like, well, I don't have that. So, you know, my life stinks or something, you know, we all compare ourselves and it's hard. It's hard for me as a tech YouTuber to look at other bigger tech YouTubers and not compare myself. Um, I have a great studio, great work life and stuff, great equipment to use. But look at this guy and how big that studio is. Oh, and then he upgraded again and up he upgraded again. It's like warehouse after warehouse. And oh, well, daily texting is so small now. You know, it's, it's so easy to compare. And only recently have I felt like I've been getting to the place in my life where I can say the things that I have, I'm totally cool with and I'm happy with, including my ability to change my circumstances. And if if I'm unhappy with something, I can always improve my circumstances thanks to my brain and my work ability. So I just want to say, you know, if you see somebody with something better, whether it's on YouTube or just in life, it's not, it should not affect you, really. Your happiness shouldn't be dependent on that. And I don't know why I'm saying this other than to say, I know I've been talking about some stuff that maybe costs a lot of money, but I don't want you guys to get down. I want you guys to to be energized and say, well, if there's something that I want, I'm, I, I have the ability to get it because you do. Honestly, you do. It's just about the hard work uh, and, and the willingness to do the hard things that a lot of people aren't willing to do. That's why they're the hard things. And that's why the people that win come out on top oftentimes because they're willing to do those hard things that nobody else wants to do, like put in the work. <laughs> like what does Gary Vio say? He's always talking about uh, the secret to being fit is – to eat the right stuff and exercise. It's not all this extra fluff and apps that you download and equipment. You just have to put in the work. Well, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing with business stuff. And life, really, with life. Everything requires maintenance and work. Relationships, everything. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, some other tech news and some Apple stuff. I'm scrolling through uh, some stuff that I bookmarked to maybe talk about. Uh, I saw something really interesting. We were talking about cars, and I see that Nissan 
is coming out with a subscription service, which is kind of intriguing. I wanted to dig into that a little bit. So when we're talking about a, a subscription auto service, we're talking about uh, alternate ownership models, not necessarily just buying a car. So Nissan is the latest try this. A ton of other companies have already been looking into this, trying it out. But Nissan's version is going to be called the Nissan Switch service. And there's going to be all kinds of models that you can choose from. There's going to be the Nissan Leaf included, electric. Uh, by the way, I know someone with the Leaf, and they really, really, really like it. They love it, actually. Shout out to David. Uh, but it's also going to include the Titan, the pickup, and the GTR sports car. I mean, there's some stuff here, there a variety of things. And it's going to cost $6.99 a month. Well, actually, there's two tiers. So there's a $6.99 a month select plan. And you can get for that the Ultima, the Rogue, the Pathfinder, or the Frontier. If you want the more interesting, the more exciting stuff, it's going to be $8.99 a month for the premium plan. And then, then you can check out the Leaf Plus, the Maxima, the Murano, the Armada, the Titan, and the 370Z Coupe. Um, but actually, it's interesting. The, the GTR sports car, you can get that if you're a select or a premium member. But there's an additional $100 a day fee. And it can only be taken out for a max of seven days. So that's like for super special occasions. I'm trying to think, would I like one of these services? I guess it depends because it's basically the Netflix of cars. And on the one hand, this is a physical object that we're talking about. It's not a digital thing. So back in way back in the day when Netflix sent you a physical disc, I remember it wasn't always in good shape. Uh, sometimes the disc was scratched or dirty. <laughs> sometimes it wouldn't play. Uh, or you didn't want to touch it. Other times it was just fine and in great working condition. So what's that going to be like for a car? Uh, somebody out there has already tried something like this, I know. But but just sitting here speculating, I mean, how clean is it going to be? And has somebody, I know what people do to rental cars. And that's uh, that's basically what we're talking about here. So, you know, what shape is the actual car going to be in? Now, I'm sure, and we'll get to this in a second, that they have some kind of pledge to you that it's going to be in, in working good, hopefully clean shape. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> if it's my car and it's dirty or something, I know what happened. If I spill some coffee, that's, that's my coffee stain. But if I'm seeing a stain in somebody else's car, I don't know where it came from or these, you know, potential crumbs and it's going to be all scraped, scraped and scratched. If it's not yours, you just treat it differently. I think people as a society than if you paid for it. The thing is there, there's a reason that companies are doing this because they're saying that millennial consumers are less likely than previous generations to either own or lease their own vehicle. And so they want to keep making money. <laughs> they want to keep getting cars out to people. So, it's like, how else can we do it? Oh, we can do a subscription. And by the way, on the one hand, this is so offensive because it may seem like more affordable to a certain type of person right up front. But then we, we've we talked about how many times on the show, subscription fatigue. And now it started with apps and it was like 99 cents a month. And now some things are like $9.99 a month. And now, now we're talking about seven or $800 a month subscriptions. So over the long term, and you're, you don't actually own something that you can turn around and sell, then it's going to cost you more too. It's kind of interesting to see all the politics at play because the car dealerships, they don't like it. It's, it's an interference in their 
tried and true established model. And I know Tesla's had trouble from car dealer uh, industry association type things because they wanted to be direct to consumer and and the establishment didn't like that. I'm all about going against the establishment sometimes, not just for the sake of it, mind you, but when something could be better and something is holding it back. I don't like that. But just in case you're interested, uh, like I said, it's not just Nissan. We got the same kind of a thing from Mercedes, from Beamer, Porsche, Audi, Volvo, Cadillac, Jaguar. And actually, uh, the, inter- the the rental guys are getting into it too, Hertz and Enterprise. So it's really, it's becoming a thing under our noses. And a lot of people don't even realize, but this is the next wave of car ownership, quote unquote. Um, you know, it's interesting, The moving on, the coronavirus is here and this is not something to talk about lightly in my view people are out there and they're suffering um, from this and i my heart goes out to them because that's terrible i just can't imagine either having it or having a family member affected or feeling like you're trapped in you know where your your town or something you can't go anywhere building um so uh you know shout out to everybody that that might be listening that's in that situation and uh uh, on a macro view, when you zoom out and look at things from a world perspective and, and from a tech perspective, it looks like the coronavirus could be possibly affecting um, Apple shipments. And so there's been rumors about a new iPad uh, Pro model maybe coming out here sometime in March. And I know the people that I work with uh, have been really buzzing about this. Uh, hey, it sounds like this is coming out. How are we going to cover it? Can we sponsor and everyone's starting to get excited, including me. I've been waiting for this for a long time. I was expecting one before this. And so we've really been hanging on to the 11-inch for a long time around here. And I'm excited to see what's next. I, I'm guessing it's going to be more iterative than super refresh, but whatever. Uh, whatever it can do, I want it. So I'm seeing in the news, though, that Apple was planning to unveil it sometime in the first half of 2020, but it could be delayed because of this outbreak. So instead, we might just see the launch of that low-cost iPhone in March. That doesn't seem like it's gonna be affected from the reports that I'm seeing. But here's the key thing. Apple warned investors on Monday that it expected to miss revenue expectations for the second quarter because of factory and store closings in China. Now that's not really saying that's saying something, but it's not really saying something. You've got to read between the lines a little bit because Apple's not just going to come out and say, hey, we are actually planning to make this and it's coming out here. We don't know that. We have the rumor mill and we can guess at what a statement like this means. And it could be bad news for anyone <laughs> who wanted the new iPad. Because I was just talking to somebody um, recently. I think it was, in a, it was in a chat, the live chat or in the premiere of the Sidecar Tips video. And someone said, yeah, I just got the new iPad. I was like, when did you get that? I forget what they said. But it was recently, I was like, well, you know, the new iPad Pro is coming out soon, hopefully, probably. And they're like, yeah, but I was impatient. I was like, I know, that's me every day with tech stuff. But it affects, you know, your your buying stuff. And this is like the same thing when I was going to buy my MacBook Pro. It's like, when do you buy it? When do you pull the trigger? Well, the, the true answer is when you need it, you have to get it. And I needed it and I got it. I, I was able to wait until the um, 16 inch came out, the new one, which was good. But you know, for somebody who needs that new iPad right now, this isn't the best time probably to be buying it because it's very likely to be outdated in just a few months. And on top of that, if they do come out with a new one, 
there's only a small window where you can bring your old one back if you just bought it uh, and trade it in. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck. And slash, you know, when the new one comes out, and if you wanted the older one, you can get it at a cheaper you know, price then usually when after the new one comes out. So it's really just a bad time to be looking at an iPad Pro, basically. Uh, so some of the things that, you know, people are talking about with the new iPad Pro include maybe 3D cameras, which would be kind of cool. I don't know why. I've talked about the concept before of just being able to do everything in a studio setting. I don't know how many people would use this, architects or other people, but for a YouTuber, just to be able to have um, and a really good camera, on your iPad and then editing software too. So, so that you don't have to use another device and import it. And you have your actual camera and your software to to do something with what you shot all in one device. That is really, really cool and compelling. It's not for going out and, you know, shooting pictures of the Eiffel tower. Um, that looks kind of goofy and it's not very portable and mobile. Some people like to do it. I understand iPad photography fine, but it's not for me, but, but where it's cool is in the studio setting and that from that workflow perspective. So for work purposes, I'm interested to see what this might be all about. By the way, did you guys catch the video that I put out on your stack? Uh, it wasn't called your stack. I don't think that's in the video title, but if you search daily tech and your stack, you'll find a video. And it was talking about uh, all the cool apps and accessories and stuff you can find there as an Apple fan. This is a new website. I'm gonna give it a shout out here. They're not paying me for this at all. I just like the people behind it and and the products that they make. They're from the makers of Product Hunt. I've talked about that site a lot, one of my favorite websites. They've come out with a new site called Your Stack, and I'm not gonna rehash the video, but it's worth checking out. Bookmark it right now in the podcast player so that you can go check out Your Stack. Oh, I actually just found a brand new Apple Watch app and I'm gonna save it in drafts. Uh, anytime I find something cool, I save it in drafts, give it a tag, like Apple Watch apps, and then when it's time to make another Apple Watch video, boom, I have you know seven or eight or nine really great things to choose from, and that works across the board, whether it's a tip or an app or an accessory or something else. Uh, drafts is sort of my butterfly net that I scoop everything up into and capture good ideas because it's so quick and easy, and I just did that while I'm doing the podcast. I see that uh, Pandora, though, has a new Apple Watch app out, and I'm just curious, are people still using Pandora a lot? I, I used to use it a long time ago, way before Daily Tech, when I was a freelance graphic designer. I would listen to it while I was doing design, and that's when it was new. In fact, I don't remember what it was, was for. I had a blog back in the day, and I interviewed uh, the guy who started Pandora. I forget his name now. Oh, it was. It might have even been before I was doing design because I used to be involved in the music industry very, very, very slightly. And anyways, I was kind of interested. So I guess it's still around, Pandora. Somebody's using it. I'm always excited, though, when a new Apple Watch app comes out because I want more. And I want more. I love the Apple Watch for its fitness and health stuff, but I like the other side of Apple Watch life, too. The productivity, the just the lifestyle kind of stuff. So, and and... Granted, I'm pretty taken care of on the music front. I would like some other stuff, uh, productivity type stuff. And by the way, if in the same video I talked about your stack, go look. I, I mentioned two brand new Apple Watch apps there too, which I'm not going to rehash here, which are really cool. I'm excited about. I'm using right now. I guess the Pandora app is kind of a big, a big deal though, because it makes Pandora the first major third party, so not Apple Music, to offer a standalone app for the Apple Watch. So it's not just uh, 
you know, download it on your phone, it shows up on your Apple Watch. You can go through the Apple Watch uh, app store all by, by itself, no iPhone needed, and grab the Pandora app. So that makes it a little bit novel. Because Spotify uh, is the obvious other one. It still needs to be tethered, as we call it, to the iPhone to work. And a lot of people don't like that. And the reason is because if you want to go exercise something and you're a Spotify user, well, you got to bring your iPhone with you. You know, you can't just ditch it and go just with your Apple Watch. But the reason the Pandora one, I guess, is cool is because it supports streaming and offline downloads. So that's cool. I'm all about the Apple Watch becoming more and more independent. I I really like that for so many reasons. You guys can't even comprehend. Like, is this someday going to power and, you know, no iPhone even needed is going to power an augmented reality, you know, Apple scape. I don't know. You know, something else is kind of funny is uh, I was talking to my wife about Peloton. Am I pronouncing that right? Peloton, Peloton. I'm just going to say Peloton. If you don't know, Peloton is like an exercise bike and it's got a big like TV tablet looking thing attached to it. It's expensive. Uh, it costs, speaking of subscriptions, to tune in on the nice screen there to a class uh, it's like, it's like, you don't have to go to the gym to get a class and have really nice equipment. That's what it kind of is about. And we're talking about like, what if we had that? And I was like, well, I would rather almost have a bike than a treadmill. Cause we have a treadmill right now because <laughs> and this is the funny part. It almost seems lazier in a way, <laughs> like a lazy exercise. Cause you get to sit. Uh, but I'm sure that's not the case. But I'm intrigued by Peloton um, because it's real big with the Silicon Valley type of people. And speaking of your stack, I saw a lot of people stacking it on your stack. It's something that they have and use. It's just I like the idea of getting more in shape but at home and not having to go to the gym. I see the pictures on Instagram. Everyone's going to the gym. That's cool. And it's just it's not for everybody. I would rather have a home gym. Uh, Some people like to go and interact with people or be seen, I think. That's just not for me. Uh, and then I was sitting at the taco place, getting some, waiting for my takeout order. We were headed back home. And so I was kind of researching what these things cost. And I was like, whoa, I think it was like, I think it's like 2,500 for the bike. And that's like, I think it's like 40 bucks a month on top of that for the classes. Otherwise you just have a bike there. It's like one thing you can do for free. Uh, otherwise it's just a brick. And I'm, I was astounded by the price. Uh, to be honest, but I'm also wondering if it's worth it. So I would love some feedback. If anybody is out there as a Peloton user, whether it's good or bad feedback, I would just love for you to get in touch. I do want to know, I don't like to cover patents too much, but if you think about the Apple Pencil, how could they improve that? If you think about it, it's it's hard to come up with that. I can't just come up with an idea right now and be like, oh yeah, easily, this is what they need to do. But I did run across uh, someone covering an Apple Pencil patent recently that did intrigue me because it had to do with haptic feedback and the pencil being able to tap you back wherever you're holding it to give you some feedback, which is really cool. So the reverse of that is that the pencil might also be able to detect when you're gripping it, but it could be used as a different way of handling notifications. It's cool. There is... There are several things I think Apple could do that nobody's thinking of when it comes to something that might seem you know hard to improve to the rest of us. Apple's they're working on it. Somebody told me the other day Apple's out of ideas and I went through no, it's not the ideas 
people have a problem with those ideas not coming to market. Because if you look at something like pat- patently Apple, the website, you'll see all the ideas. Apple is filing patents like crazy. And there's some cool, very cool ideas. Sometimes it just takes a long time to work those out into a product. You know, and the Apple Pencil too, I often accidentally double tap that side, you know, the flat side that's the button that lets you change to an eraser from, uh, you know, pencil or vice versa or whatever. There's room for improvement. I like the two better than the one for sure. Less slippery, um, better size. I like it, but it could be improved. And so I'm, I'm excited. All I'm just saying is this is a really boring segment because it's about the Apple Pencil, but it could get better and it will. Let's wrap it up today talking about something I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by, which is the fact that Apple is apparently, this comes from Bloomberg, comes from Mark Gurman, who has a pretty decent track record of sussing out new things that Apple's up to. He's talking about Apple might uh, let third parties be set as a default for stuff in iOS. So instead of Safari, you could set Chrome. Or instead of the Mail app, you could set something else. This is really interesting. As you guys know, and as I mentioned a lot, <laughs> shout out to Jonathan Morris for his uh, crazy Chrome uh, 6,000 tabs opening Chrome on the Mac Pro video. But I, I feel like I've more or less been forced in a way to use Chrome on my Mac because whereas I really like Safari, you know, fast, lightweight, stays out of the way, nice. But as a YouTuber, just YouTube, the back end, has always worked better for me in Chrome. Is that intentional? I don't know. Leave it up to you to, to decide. But... So I use Chrome and I, I rely on several different plugins also, by the way, the plugin ecosystem is huge on Chrome versus Safari, which is minuscule. But if I wasn't tied to Chrome, I would use something like a, a Chromium browser that, where you can still use the plugins like Brave. I really liked Brave, but uh, YouTube didn't work great in Brave either for me, the backend, unfortunately. But I have never, ever gotten into using Chrome on mobile. Um, and so I don't know, it's just intriguing and and maybe I don't want to, there's a reason why Apple and Google clash and it's just their ethos and different ways of seeing the world and customers. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it doesn't make sense to use Google products on Apple products, (laughs) but a lot of people I think would be happy by this. And it's not just necessarily Google stuff that we're talking about, just, any of the third party that you may prefer over Apple's stuff and want to set as a default, you know, that could be a big deal. A lot of people are out there jailbreaking their iPhones because they want this kind of functionality. And so, and really what's the harm to Apple? You know, from Apple's point of view, you've got the walled garden. We're making everything better for you. When we're, we're doing it for you, we're managing it. You don't have to worry about it, but some people want to, they want to, you know, tweak and, and manage their stuff on their own. A kind of, Uh, along the same lines on the Mac, I have been using this app, which I've covered in a video recently called bumper B U M P R, which when you click on a link, lets you choose what browser you want to open it. And that's been pretty cool because some things, you know, YouTube is just, it's a big part of what I do, but I obviously use the web for all kinds of things. And maybe if I want something open in Safari instead of in Chrome, or, I mean, you could have any number of browsers installed opera, or the new uh, Microsoft browser, which I think, is that also built on Chromium? I think it is, but it's really cool. You click on a link and it pops up with your options and then you select it and it opens it in that browser. So, I mean, there, this kind of thing is just bound to happen, I think, when it comes to browsers and, and it works also, that works for email apps too, I should point out, Bumper. So, I don't know, it's just interesting. Things are changing and is it for better or worse? I guess we'll see. 
uh, really, at the end of the day, it's not going to affect me all that much. So I'm going to use whatever I use anyways, you know? Um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. It feels like it was sort of a light week in terms of Apple news. Nothing super big really reached out and grabbed me. But of course, uh, with March and a March event looming on the horizon, it's going to ramp up pretty soon. So it was fun hanging out. It was fun talking. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, stay tuned for next week uh and i'll catch you in the next one or the next video later welcome to the other party out of vibe well you know we getting lit and come alive and you know we got a light so we gonna shine and we talking to the fans it's the time yeah welcome to the other party out of vibe well you know we getting lit and come alive and you know we got a light so we gonna shine and we talking to the fans it's the time yeah So 12 giving you the heat. No reviews from Chris, you gotta see. Daily tech, got a fax that you need. And it's a whole crew you gotta meet. After party, it's the place you gotta be. And you can't really beat it cause it's free. Trying to give you unbiased critiques. Quality, you should take it from me. Cause we care about our customers. Pull up a seat, got a whole team. Giving you the best and do it by any means. Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean. It's the after party, live from the mountains. Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah.